0: What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Shmovie. This is episode number three hundred and forty-seven. My name's Steve, and I'm one of the co-hosts. As always, I'm joined by Ronald and Jonald. <laughs> That's what it actually is. I've wondered if you shortened it. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 Makes a lot more sense now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How you guys doing? Pretty good.
2: Good, good. Excited, excited.
1: Yeah, we got a good, uh, a good batch of topics tonight. Yeah. A lot of things on a docket. Yeah. A lot of things on the docket. Yeah. Counselor. (laughs) (laughs) I object. (laughs) There you go. Sustained. (laughs) Just wanted to say those. I hope this is going somewhere. (laughs) I've I've even got my glasses. I can kind of be playing with my glasses. All right. Yeah. Like, I I got some papers I can look like. I'm like, yeah. (laughs)
0: Like, Like, I wasn't provided that information as evidence. eh? (laughs) day.
2: You can't unring the bell. You can't unring the bell. That's right.
0: So, uh, yeah, we're going to go through some uh, Marvel talks. Uh, We had Comic-Con last week and lots of, you know, different things were announced. But, I mean, a lot of people were obviously talking about Marvel. We kind of intentionally refrained from talking about a lot of Marvel last week or any at all because of Comic-Con and knowing that they were going to kind of be announcing some stuff. So we'll talk about that here at the top. We're going to get into John's pick for required viewing um, for uh, Psycho 2. And then I think John and Ron are going to talk about Jordan Peele's Note because they both saw that in theaters, thankfully. So I'm excited Mm -hmm. to hear what you guys thought about that. But let's let's go ahead and jump
1: off with some Marvel conversation. Um, Where to start? Well, you know, before we, right before we uh, started recording, Steve, you seemed like you had some sort of hot takes boiling up. So I don't know, maybe we can get you to kick off this segment. Basically just to let let, let listeners listen, let listeners listen, let let listeners listen to this. Um, If you don't know what we're talking about, what they announced this last weekend, a lot of the Marvel stuff, it was like they just sort of put in perspective their plan for the future right. at a time when people have been saying, what's the plan right now? What What is Marvel really yeah. up to? What are they doing? So I felt like in a lot of ways, this the way that this whole thing was structured was almost to say, ah, shut up if you're worried about phase four. Right. Which yeah. phase four has been, if you, and this is the insanely nerdy part of this. If you follow this, you know. If you don't, it sounds like nonsense. But the Marvel movies are, are pictured in phases. They, they plan them out. They plan sometimes movies to be different or similar within a phase. For instance, the first three phases is what ended with the movie, uh, well, in-game. And then there was the Spider-Man movie that was kind of like a little tag on, I think, considered part of phase three. <clears throat> but maybe I'm wrong about that um and that was called the infinity saga they have just announced that all the stuff that's come out since then has been part of the the build-up to the multiverse saga and that the next two phases are going to be the 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 furthering and the conclusion of that so they kind of i guess i don't know that they maybe would have soothed anyone's troubled brow about the state of what they're putting out but at least for those people who were saying what's the plan Uh, Where's this story supposed to be going? Um, Where's that direction we used to feel when we were watching all these other movies? Now we kind of know what they seem to be leading up to, which is another pair of Avengers movies in like 2025, is it, or 2026, Um, that, that that are going to involve the villain Kang. There's a movie called the Kang Dynasty, Avengers 5, but just Avengers, the Kang Dynasty, followed by Avengers Secret Wars, which is one of the biggest subtitles you could put on one of these movies, because there have been two massive comic book events, uh, one in the 80s and one recently, that used the name Secret Wars. Um, and I have a feeling they'll probably do a blending of the two as they've oh. done whenever they invoke the, like, the name of a classic comic run. So that's a lot to take in if you don't care about Marvel. But for the people that like these movies, this was sort of reason to maybe be excited, reason to say, okay, now I know which pieces of this pie I'm looking forward to. Right. Um, oh, yeah. They also announced when the Fantastic Four movie is coming out. It's coming out in just over two years from now, the uh, fall of 2024. So I don't know, a lot of big announcements, a lot of things falling into place. Not a lot of specifics beyond what we already know. Um, People at SDCC got to see a lot of footage that we won't see for a few months, but some of that sounds exciting. Um, Mm. Yeah. What do you guys think? I mean. Before we started recording, we were talking about the
0: the Wakanda Forever trailer that they revealed, Yes, which, um, you know, obviously looks amazing. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of mind blowing that like there was kind of conversation going into it of whether it would actually still come out in the fall because so little is known about it and so little had been seen uh, for it, you know, let alone a teaser or a trailer of this sort, but like any images that wasn't a leak, like nothing official. So it was kind of really cool and reassuring and just a reminder of just like you know what these mo- what that what that franchise in this franchise means to marvel and you know just as a as as a franchise of its own really because of what black panther was uh you know uh, one of those moments in pop culture you know beyond most of the of any of the other marvel films that came out you know with the exception of maybe some of the avengers films and spider-man no way home like none of them really kind of had the moment that Black Panther had. And, um, you know, both in terms of its financial success, you know, awards, nominations that it received, which is such a rare thing from, you know, comic book films. So yes, to see a trailer um, come out for it, to see the cast and crew talk about it a bit um, in some of the footage that came out of Comic-Con, for me was really a positive, reassuring, like just move. Because like you said, John, we've talked about that on the podcast in general, like that's kind of how I feel about like the, the, the the movement of these phases now that we're past the infinity saga and what phase four has felt like thus far, knowing that what kind of forever will, will close out phase four. It does feel like, uh, an opportunity to close it out on a very high note. If that movie delivers the way it looks like it will Mm -hmm. in the trailer, the way it feels like it, it just has to. And, um, it's a lot of pressure uh for Ryan Kugler, for the cast, for the film, for the franchise and for the legacy that Chadwick Boseman kind of created for that. Um, and that he le- leaves behind. It's just it's really intimidating, even for me as a like, viewer. I can only imagine
1: what those involved with it are feeling. Um yeah, the creative choices they had to make in that movie have been, like, on right. your mind if, ever since you heard they were doing it, right, Ronald? I mean, you're, the question of, like, how are they going to handle the character of not just the, the the character of T'Challa being gone, but the actor Chadwick Boseman being yeah, kind of the yeah. heart of this cast? Because we all said in the first one that, like, he was the glue that held together this this cast of dynamic characters, and there was something about him that seemed like he was sometimes second banana in his own movie because he was opposite some of these new great characters. And that's something Chadwick Boseman did as an actor that was very generous, because if you watch him in some of his more fiery roles, he's... He's definitely not a guy who gives up the stage easily to a to another performer. Yeah. But it's like that character was so reserved and so calm and so instantly yeah. indelible that it is hard to picture what they would do without him. And I was kind of like what you said, Steve. Oh, what, are this, is this really coming out? Like, what, Ronald, did you almost feel relieved to see that there is actually a movie? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I,
2: I, I think... I, I guess I should start from the beginning of my feelings. You yeah. know, we were kind of talking about top. all this stuff. Yeah, so... Um, I have expressed doubt about um, Marvel's venture into space and magic and all that entail. Not because I'm a negative Nancy. It's just that I've seen Marvel things in animated form for like 10, 15 years. And I know how that can maybe come across in live action form. I've I've expressed it. I've kind of said it. And it, it, it at first it sounded like I was hating and then you guys were coming around to the negativity and I loved it. But I think, like you said, this is this is so as a Marvel fan, I obviously love that Wakanda Forever is coming at the end of phase four. But I understand what we understand the business of it. It means that you know somebody could go back to this phase and be like, man, this was kind of shit. And then at the end, like you said this book ends, you know, with, with an incredible right. thing that, I, you know, I guess I'm, I guess what I'm trying to figure out in all of this, and, and maybe we can talk about this kind of at the, 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 the end of this whole thing. How do you feel about the handling of Chadwick Boseman's image? Um, does it feel exploitative in any, in any way? Cause that's been kind of the argument and the whole thing is like, this is this is the 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 bookend to the phase, but also like, are they using this this whole thing with Chadwick Boseman as like a a means to kind of bring the brand back to the grace that it had kind of when Black Panther came out? Is it right. exploitative in that way? Are are they doing? Are they talking about his death in a way that feels exploitative?
0: I mean. we we don't know you know yeah i don't yeah we can't know like like it it is it is a it is a thought that like i definitely feel like i've 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 considered and thought about in terms of how they could possibly handle this
1: yeah Yeah. i really
0: i really do hope that you know it with the time they've spent to figure it out i i hope and from everything that everybody said um the little pieces that they have said um, it, it really, I don't know. I just have a good feeling about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. I, I really, I really highly doubt. I, I don't know. I, I watch my work. I, I don't want to say I highly doubt that the people involved with this project, I'm not even talking about like the Marvel suits. I'm talking about the cast, the crew, the crafts, like everybody involved from top to yeah. bottom. There's an ownership over this project and, and this, this sub franchise inside of the MCU and and over the legacy of, you know, what of, of what it's gonna look like going forward in terms of how they did it, you know, how they how they handled it. You you know, the idea of a closing phase four is like this, what have you done for me lately feeling in terms of we're gonna go see this movie, hopefully we're yeah. blown away. And you're right. People will look back and be like, ah, phase four wasn't that bad because Wakanda of Forever was maybe amazing. Yeah. And I think that's one thing you kind of gotta watch for is like that can't overshadow the things that you're discussing, the things that you're bringing yeah. up, because yeah. it can't be at the cost of exploiting, you know, his likeness or his celebrity or his, you know, just the the landmark character that that really was, which breaks my heart that it was that for so short of a period of time.
1: Yeah. yeah, you know? yeah. And
0: yeah. I think, I think I'm really, I'm just really encouraged. I love the positivity around the cast and crew and Ryan Coogler talking briefly about it. Seeing that was really, um, It just made me feel really good. And and and, I mean, let's not let's not even skirt around it. Like, I don't even know how like you're gonna be able to watch this movie without bawling. Like the trailer immediately like had me crying my eyes out. Like Aaron was there, just like she was very emotional. It's just like the even the trailer, they took so much care in making a good trailer to address what happened, you know, in a way that we don't know the full story yet. But I think you know, the idea of New characters coming in, seeing familiar characters, some mystery to it, seeing the, the suit, you know, and, and whoever is in it now, like, I don't know, man, I, I was dying to see this movie. And we talked about like anticipation for movies for the rest of the year. And like what we're talking about in a bit, or you guys will talk about. Nope. Like it was my movie of the year. Cause I wasn't sure if Wakanda forever was actually coming out yeah. and it is now. And I'm really happy to see that. And the trailer I thought was incredible. And, um, Ah uh, man, I can't wait to see
2: that movie. Yeah, there's a lot ahead of, of e. to be man. Because this yeah, is the last thing I'm gonna, this is the last thing I'm gonna say about it. So not only is it Chadwick Boseman, man, not as not the like the loss of Chadwick Boseman. We're talking about representation, yeah. of the Mayan culture of yeah. the Aztec culture that has never really been seen on t- on movies, motion pictures since like Apocalypto, which is decades ago right like it's it's been right. a, it's yeah, a, i'm it's
1: more big. excited about that about bringing in a new world into this i mean i i i, I want to just say that like as much as sure. i love black panther i think they've made several movies since black panther that i've enjoyed as much if not more than black panther sure. I, I don't feel like this movie has all the pressure on it that you guys were just indicating it's not going to save phase four for me i've enjoyed phase four uh, <laughs> most of phase four i've enjoyed quite a bit some of it i've thought was like like this is not going this is not going to strike a chord with people you know with the way that things have in the past and i think that question of like the corniness of the magic or whatever it it, they've they've been trying a lot of things in phase four and i think that like as the kids say maybe that maybe it's mid but it's like i don't (laughs) think it represents this like total fall off in in like the oh we've talked a lot about the quality control (laughs) i think that the possibility that the quality control when the story's moving more and like, people are feeling that momentum, that that's going to feel more engaged on the creative side as well. Because, the, you know, we've heard, like, for instance, just with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, a movie I enjoyed, we've heard about the story that they were originally going to do before the current screenwriter, um, Michael Waldron, was brought on. And we all agreed, like, oh, this actually sounds like some of the problems the movie had would have been fixed if they'd stuck with this. but But right. it also sounded like it was an overstuffed movie that had a lot it was trying to do. So I don't know. I guess my point being, I don't know that any of these movies gets to be like the reason why you hope for for Wakanda forever is because of Ryan Coogler being sort of in control, <clears throat> both as a writer and as a director, both, you know, and, and as you've said, the engagement of the entire creative team. So there is something kind of special about this world that they haven't gone back to it any sooner. It's sad that we've lost the heart of it, yeah. but but the right. exploitiveness question, I feel like what they did in the trailer with the painting was was a pretty clever way to do it because they revealed something to us along with the dialogue we're hearing we're we're getting we're getting that he's been that he's died somehow that creates a little mystery around what has happened to him but i feel like it if there's a way to do that in such a way that you're actually paying homage to the character with the same respect that you would want to see them show for the for the for the actor you know what i mean yeah yeah, absolutely i I, I think that's so i guess i'll just kind of put a bow on it by saying it's the same reason The same way I felt about, uh, oh, they're doing magic in space now, is I'm just giving them the benefit of the doubt. I sort of, I know what you're saying about the dangers of these things, but I I think right now, I have no reason to think that this cast, this crew, this company is going to be, is going to be, doing something gross with chadwick boseman's image yeah. or his memory i do yeah. think though that what steve's saying is true that there will be this moment where you're watching the movie and you're realizing like oh these people are talking about chadwick as much as they're talking about t'challa or yeah or just you're going to be hit by the fact of how they how they pull off what yeah. has happened to him and it's going to yeah. hit like a ton of bricks because already like my son and I, whenever we talk about it, we get kind of misty just because he was a young actor and ev- everyone yeah. was excited about him. Even people who don't watch this stuff, the superhero stuff, we're excited about him. So I don't know. I think that it's like, yeah, it gives this movie like a heart, uh, or a, or an emotional wallop to it that it, you, yeah, I agree. You want to see him do it carefully, but I also think it's a rare thing for one of these movies to have that feeling of yeah. like, of just, Like you're gonna, you're going. You want to see how they pay respect to him, and it's uh, that that's different from the side of the cool side of oh, I want to see them bring the Mayan culture and Atlantis and all this stuff into this because they're bringing a huge part of the MCU or the Marvel Comics universe that's been around since the beginning. They're bringing in uh, Namor, the Submariner, who is like uh, just in comics, just a monolithic, huge, uh, specific character. So that's another thing this movie gets to do that is. Potentially, really, really exciting for for that for the audiences that want to see that, like, you know, some of the iconic characters that we've been getting. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, okay, so enough of the sad stuff. Let me rattle off all the movies, all the things from Phase Five, just so we can get through it really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Let's get through Mania, Quantum Agatha Harkness, The Marvels, Blade, Captain America: New World Order, Daredevil: Born Again, Echo, Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Heart low key season two secret invasion and thunderbolts will be ending uh phase five and then phase six we have fantastic four and then the two avengers movies so a massive amount of content i don't think everything's been named at this point obviously um, Because what if it hasn't been thrown into the mix? Like there's there's like a couple of shows that haven't been thrown into it, and so there may be some movies as well. Right. So how you guys feeling about? I just rattled off that's three, six, nine, twelve, and then twelve things in the fifth phase, and that's and over three. like twenty
1: three and twenty four is what you just described. That you know, yeah. like the so next like starting uh, Quantum Mania is February, right? Starting
2: starting a phase five.
1: Yeah. So I'm super excited about this. I've long been a yeah. a, a booster of the Ant-Man portion of this. I, I loved Paul Rudd being brought into this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think consistently he's been like one of those little breaths of fresh air that that enlivens scenes that he's in. And also he can play the emotional moment. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that no. they're giving this character and you know his setup the the wasp is a great character the sort of uh michael douglas and michelle pfeiffer portion of that has been handled well so i just think like i want to see this family of characters get to do something big and consequential yeah. um and yeah that just sounds like a fun movie and of course the stuff that they've hinted at it sounds like this is going to be an excuse to sort of take that comic tone of the ant-man movies but apply it to a a more cosmic tale. So we're getting Modoc, that either means something to you or it doesn't. But Modoc is a hilarious-looking, weird character. Um, there's some unnamed, as yet, character that Bill Murray is playing, who I think is supposed to be a villainous role. So you know, this just sounds like it could be a really fun uh, romp. Do people still use that word to describe movies? A fun. You did a fun yeah, February yeah. romp. <laughs> get on your rompers folks and go see ant-man ropes. quantumania yeah um and then thunderbolts i'm excited just because it's like what are they going to do with that the potential yeah. to put together a super team of discarded villains uh and put them on a suicide squad type mission i mean you know i think they could do a really fun job of that especially if julia louise dreyfus is the sort of yeah she's the, the nick fury of that the contessa her character right you know <clears throat> but yeah. i don't know who, who you know who i want to see on that team because I don't know which villains, I think that the U.S. agent is an obvious one, but outside of that, it's hard to know who would be fun, you know, which of the villains that are still around that aren't like super big villains. They have right. to be kind of shitty, <laughs> low-level, street-level villains. What What are you most excited about, Steve? I mean, the thing is,
0: it's just bonkers to me, is like, beyond the number of things you just mentioned, Ronald, and you know, there's a lot of places, you know, placeholders in Phase 6 that haven't been announced. Mm. It's just the fact that we're talking about six years. To to go through the, you know, basically to go through the end of um, phase three. Yeah. To go through three phases in six years with who knows how many, you know, probably easily 20 to 25 properties.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Versus, you know, it taking 10, 11 years prior to that to do that. I mean, obviously, some of these are coming out of Disney Plus. And that kind of, you know, is a spot holder, you know, it kind of takes a spot for a movie, you know, that we may we may have gotten instead. Yeah. But it's just, it's kind of just, that's that was a big takeaway for me, was just the idea that, you know, here in July of 2022, they're saying that basically by the fall of three years from now, two more phases will be done.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, and that's including the last film in the phase that we're in. You know what I mean? Like yeah. right. that just is mind blowing to me and um god damn that's a lot of work to do i mean that's a lot heavy lifting a lot of work
2: yeah
1: um it's, it's and, exciting and that's where we're hoping that quality control issue doesn't you know what i mean doesn't right. yeah doesn't really become a, a, a terminal thing Let, let's see what like, happens let's tighten up the reins on some of this shit like yeah and make the effects a little more special and make the, the movies a little more special i don't know I, yeah. feel like they, I feel like they learned those lessons along the way too but it's tough <clears> to know it's really tough to know what the tone, if it's going to be a tonal mishmash or if these right. movies are going to start to feel um, more assured or just like they've been given the time to be developed. Like sure. that's one right. thing, again, about Wakanda Forever is you feel like Ryan Coogler is going to get to make. Um, and, you know, Chloe yeah. Zhao with The Eternals, people didn't like it as well, but that movie feels like a director's style. It was hers. Movie. And I feel yeah. like um, what's his, uh, I you know, I can't remember his name, but the guy who directed Shang-Chi has been named to direct. Ah, uh, the oh, king, yeah. Dynasty. king Dynasty, and you know that was a movie that we all liked—the feel and the motion of it. So it's like, okay, oh, yeah. maybe maybe they are going to find some way to get a little bit more of yeah. that. I mean, because they've done that with the recent ones. Taika Waititi and Sam Raimi both have like their flourishes all over their movies that they've just made for the for the studio. Yeah. So it's just a question of like, what's going to be that that kind of grounding element that you were kind of referring to, Ronald, of like that's gonna get people that aren't into the highfalutin fantasy stuff. Yeah. What's gonna get those people involved, you know? And I, I think right. that that I don't see necessarily in this batch of stuff. Some projects seem like they would appeal to those people and some seem like they wouldn't. The whole multiverse right. thing is really the opposite of a grounded, you know, relatable <laughs> storyline. Right. But I don't know, I think they've done enough teasing it that now, if they really start bringing it in, maybe they will do some of those super creative things that we were sort of expecting them to do in in, uh, Doctor Strange 2. And also that we all agree, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once did on like a tenth of the budget, Yeah. (laughs) as far as making multiverses feel like something special and emotional. Anyway, there's there's a lot to look forward to, but also maybe a lot to dread. If you're already getting sick of it, it doesn't look like they're (laughs) slowing down in terms of the quantity.
0: Yeah man. Uh yeah, we'll see. I still got to I got I still got to go see Thor. Yeah. Man. I still need to finish anyway. Miss Marvel. Oh yeah, definitely.
1: That's right. All right, John, take us to uh All right yes so required viewing is our new thing where we rotate and one of us basically assigns a movie to the other two fellas so that next time we get together we we all have at least seen something that we can see because so often we it's hard for us to get on the same page with differing schedules and differing attitudes about going into theaters and all that stuff so yeah. my um, pick based on the fact that we had been pre- previously talking about the movie thief as sort of a, a tribute to uh, recently departed actor, James Caan, And I was thinking about him and I had been watching the show. i had been laying around sick, watching the show, The Offer on Paramount Plus and thinking about Godfather being like a, you know, great James Caan role, but also a rare movie that had a, uh, a sequel that's considered a classic. And then I started thinking about classic films that had sort of unlikely sequels or sequels much later. And then I just instantly thought about Psycho 2, because Psycho is one of those giant This movie sort of spawned a a genre in in a way, yeah. Um, And the book it's based on, as well. Alfred Hitchcock will say it all comes from Robert Bloch's book Psycho, but um, it was just sort of a mid-century imagining of what a killer could be, and the psychology of, of that era was feeding into this idea of like, you know, getting into the mindset of a killer, which now we know is the like not just a genre; it's like. It's it's half the you know bookstore if you go in uh, every book is sort of trying to go for that kind of like there's a reason why you talk to a killer to catch a killer or or whatever, right. um, but yeah so into the mind of a killer uh, psycho ends with uh, you know this sort of feeling like it's a movie that doesn't need a sequel and it's maybe in an era where they didn't make sequels willy nilly to every little horror movie that came out. And then 20 odd years later, the movie Psycho Two, uh, directed by Richard Franklin, who's kind of a disciple of Hitchcock's and written by uh, Tom Holland, not Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man, uh, but a much older man who also wrote and directed Child's Play and wrote the movie Cloak and Dagger. Uh, so, a guy who's, who's all over the era of film. And if you know, if you're kind of a film geek, he's probably touched a few things that you enjoyed. Psycho 2 was also, uh, the cinematography is by Dean Cundey, who is like, uh, I mean, look at the movies he's done the si- the the photography for, like Jurassic Park, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Halloween, The Thing. Um, those are just some of my favorites, but, you know, there's tons. So this movie has like a pedigree. Psycho 2 is, th- there, was an, a t- there was a possibility when they started making this movie that it was going to be a sort of direct cable Sequel that wouldn't, that maybe have even at one point had Christopher Walken uh, in the role of Norman Bates. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I saw that on the Wikipedia. Oh, no. But instead, the screenwriter and the director said, let's write a role strong enough, a script strong enough that gives Anthony Perkins a reason to want to come back to this. This character, which he has at times said kind of ruined his career prior to psycho. He was seen as almost like a a, a young romantic lead. And then after that, he was everyone's favorite weirdo. So mm-hmm. um, it kind of gave him a career and killed his career. So for Anthony Perkins to actually want to come back, they were like, that's the benchmark of this movie's success as a script. That's when it got, you know, Got Okay, now we're going to announce this as the, the the big sequel to Psycho, we're going to put it in theaters. It kind of saved the movie when they got uh, Perkins on board. Um So yeah, I guess that's where I'll throw it to you guys. I, this was my first time watching this movie since seeing, I think this is one of those I saw in bits and pieces throughout my childhood on cable, but I never had sat down to watch the whole thing. And I think because when I was young, this is exactly the kind of horror that freaked me out, the sort of remote place uh weird little hotel you know you're walking around to the ice machine and somebody jumps out from behind the building and kills you kind of kind of murder scenario um and also when i was a little kid and i was like very skittish about things my grandmother i sometimes could get her to tell me the stories of like horror movies and episodes of twilight zone and stuff and she told me this she told me psycho when i was a kid and so i think before i had ever watched psycho i had probably seen psycho 2 was coming on television and, you know, was was at an age where I was thinking, maybe I'm kind of interested in watching this horror stuff. But I still, <laughs> I, I I stayed away from Psycho 2 until I just watched it. So, yes, I, I will happily hear some of your input on this. 1983, definitely a, a, in the middle of all the slashers that are coming out. So they're, they're competing yeah. a little bit in terms of that, you know, trying to do some yeah. gore. What do you think, Ronald? Uh, Alfred Hitchcock, this
2: director, is not... <laughs> uh, and that's kind of what you get very early is like, you know, his his stamp, his style is so distinct. And and, and by that, I just mean like. I think I, I don't think I I think I took for granted how special he was. I know that sounds strange because he's so praised. I I did not appreciate it until, you know, I'd say within the past five or six years, how special of a director he was. And uh, Psycho was such an iconic movie. You know, this one's tonally is just not even in the same plant. But there's something kind of fun about it. You know, it it's, feels it's, it's like, crazy. <laughs> it's <laughs> real crazy. Like it really like. So one of the cool things about it is Norman Bates really maybe talked to five people in the original. In this one, he talks to maybe 15 people, and it's it's really interesting to see how uneasy and how weird he can be and the choices that he makes and the things he says. And I I couldn't help but think, man, this is fun as hell the whole time. Like, it, it felt a little long, but overall, I kind of enjoyed it. I I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I it was can't campy. That like I did.
1: some some of those aspects okay. of his performance were kind of campy, yeah. it, it, but I do yeah it is it is like trying to do something more heightened than yeah. you would think. It's, it's almost so got a I touch do. of satirical yeah, attitude yeah. about what it's doing.
0: Um, what about yeah, you? I think Steve? the whole I think the whole time it, like you just have this it, it kind of sort of what, <clears throat> what Ronald was getting at like in terms of whatever however you feel about Psycho and its legacy and Hitchcock and his you know filmography. But like the approach to the, to the filmmaking of this sequel, it definitely felt like it was more intentionally trying to um, like misdirect a lot of times, like more obviously uh, misdirect, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, some of the stuff that's being planted in the film that kind of make you question um, Norman Sanity again. And, you know, who are all these other people, like you mentioned, all the players in this movie, you know, the, the moving parts. Um, you know, as the movie comes along, it, it, you know, you start to be reintroduced to characters that you met earlier. So like, there's this idea of like a lot of red herrings and like, there's, there's more, you know, the idea of what psycho was in like probably maybe one of the ultimate red herrings. It's like this movie kind of was moving like four of them at a, at, at any given time to try to make you question whether or not, you know, Norman Bates was slipping back into his, uh, his former ways. But um yeah i mean like i said last week i remember watching this a lot when i was younger or like a teenager like i feel like it was always on like usa or something and i and i think it's fun like you said it's 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 not psycho it's kind of you know kind of sillier a little definitely campier um not 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 campy or silly to like a any degree where like i feel like it's like
1: laughable and at least in my opinion um there's one moment what? that 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 is to me is is a funny moment and I think they must have known it was funny and that's the moment where She's being like she's being his mother, and he, she's cradling him, and he's talking about the toasted cheese sandwiches. Yeah, which by the way, Tom Holland, I read in, or I heard an interview with him where he said it, for him it was grilled cheese sandwiches. It, that that was in the script was grilled yeah. cheese, but the director, being Australian, did not know that phrase and changed it to toasted cheese sandwiches because he thought oh. audiences would understand that more. But the re, the writer was saying he thought for any American grilled cheese would be the the reference because yeah. that's yeah. what your mom makes you. And he said this really kind of beautiful thing. He said that sandwich is comfort. That's the yeah. sandwich your mom makes you when you're hungry, and she needs to whip something up in five minutes, or when you've been hurt, or when you come home from school and you're kind of sad, you know, like, that's yeah. the unit of expression of a sandwich. But that yeah. scene where he's talking about that, and then he says that they took everything away from me, my memories, and he pauses but and he's not. like, but not those sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they yeah. had to know yeah. that moment was kind of funny. <laughs> but I also think there's a sincerity, to your point, Steve, there's sincerity in the way that campy moment unfolds. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah i don't know like you know
0: I, it's pretty much you know the experience rewatching it again was pretty in line with how i remembered it um i feel like Meg Tilly kind of stood out a little more to me uh this rewatch um, right, what she's because... doing right exactly yeah like kind of the like her her play and the whole thing especially with you know what her and her mom are doing initially and then kind of what it pivots to um but yeah i don't know like i it, it, it's a fun it's a fun kind of can't be sequel to Psycho, which sounds crazy. But then you go watch Psycho 3 and you're like, oh, this is like actually a pretty good bridge to like how yeah. kind of crazy Psycho 3 gets. Yes. Um, but um, it, it's a lot more in
1: line with maybe what the first one was doing. Um, Psycho 3 is directed by Anthony Perkins, by the way. It is, And yeah. it is a very... Talk about, Ronald, you're talking about the sort of directorial flourishes. Like this movie has whether it can match Hitchcock's style or not, that definitely with like the the, the mood of that house, the shadows, the, right. the color, like the, it's, yeah. it's a really, it reminds me of some of my favorite slasher movies, just in terms of how much there are all these pockets of darkness. And that is a creepy yeah. house and it's a creepy setup. Oh yeah. What I like For about sure. three is that it really pays off what seems to be, what what's going on at the end of psycho two yes. is the new setup, the new normal of three. And it's a really fun sort of reveal slash relationship that he has with the, uh, the, the new corpse in town um, that, that he creates at the end of this movie. But I think that moment in the kitchen is an all-time moment for me when when he seems to be poisoning someone's tea, but instead he's going to use something else. Yeah. Um Uh, I think that moment really was just like a great jolt that the movie kind of needed towards the end. And it almost gives it this kind of demonic feeling that you are watching a movie that doesn't so much side with the killer. But Norman is, you know, he's kind of the victim slash hero of Psycho 2 in a way that in the first one you can't say is the case. And all those red herrings you're talking about, Steve, that's another thing Tom Holland talked about, uh, was just how much he worked to make it work. He said he got to the end of the script and he wanted you to see how all the red herrings all the how could someone have been here when someone else was here well when norman was locked in this room how could someone else be down here that he he made sure to make all that work whether it's right, whether right. it's heightened and campy or not the who done it aspect of it actually is interesting like it does like you could be starting to get bored. You were you were saying it was kind of slow. There's about three quarters in where you're like, this is taking a little time, but I want to see what's going on because I still don't know. You know what I mean? They don't answer yeah. all the questions until basically the last moments of the movie. Yeah. And I think that is a fun, almost a callback to the way the first one had that sort of twist that now we all know. But the twist of like what's actually happening. Sure. Um, Norman's weird relationship with his mother being the root of his his tendencies. And I think this movie does do like a, a halfway job of being that that 80s style sequel that where there's all these cute references to the other one. But um, more so, yeah, just an effort to like do something legitimate, which I think is an interesting thing. This movie was reasonably successful, too, for its budget. It cost about five million and it made, um, you know, about 35 million. So not, not a huge success, but enough to get a Psycho three. Um, and one thing yeah. interesting also that Tom Holland said, he said that Anthony Perkins doesn't give a shit about narrative. He said every shot for him is about like the emotion, like as, an, as almost like an art film about the emotions mm. of the character and the mood of the moment. And so he said that you can see that in this movie a little bit, like with some scenes where you're yeah. like, "What's happening here? Why is this scene right now?" But also he said in in the direction of three, you can totally see like that Anthony Perkins is obsessed with mood, um, which I don't know, just sounded kind of kind of interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just watched three after this because I couldn't resist and uh, I'm probably going to watch Psycho 4 too, um, just to kind of finish up my thoughts about just their attempts to do this, to like say, oh, this was a classic film, but now it's the 80s and horror films get sequels every couple of years. Let's do it, you know? Right, Um, right. It's like you break the seal and then you can't stop making them. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Yeah, So. That also, is. Robert Loggia, not playing a, um, Robert Loggia, not playing a, a, like a tough guy. He's playing a, like a, I kept waiting for his accent to become sort of, uh, you know, but he was very, <laughs> right. like, he, he was this doctor and he was very, uh, Norman, have, yeah. you been, have you been taking my advice?
2: <laughs> what a change, man. I was expecting him to um, talk to
1: Tony about cocaine or something. I know, like that. exactly.
2: <laughs> very like, yeah, I don't know. Would I am Drunk
1: or something, you know, or, I don't know. Yeah. So what, what what's our next required viewing, Ronald?
2: So, so I was going to choose one that was. All right. With the announcement of uh, John Wick. Um, I'm very excited about John Wick 4. Um, and someone popped up in the movie that literally made me shit my pants. Literally. Donnie Yen. Literally. Literally. literally like, like a little bit of just like a peekaboo Groundhog's Day situation. Little peeking turtle. Head. Little peeking turtle. Uh Donnie Yen is one of my favorite action stars. And there's a movie that I know that everybody hasn't seen that I feel like you guys should see. And that is 2001's 2001's 2021's Raging Fire which which is actually a 2022 American film but uh Raging Fire Donnie Yen uh it is a movie that I want you guys to check out um All and right. I'm going to yeah so has uh yeah I'm excited Raging Fire I wrote it down it's yeah. it's in the books Donnie Yen Donnie Yen yeah Forced you guys to watch a Donnie Yen movie.
1: Well, I like Donnie Yen, but I have not. Yeah, yeah. I, I have not sought out, you know, the stuff he's known yeah. really for. So
2: watch the non-American stuff. This is a non-American Donnie Yen movie because I feel like the versions of him that you're seeing is a very subdued. Like he can act his ass off on top of everything, and we've kind of seen bits of that, but yeah, yeah, cool, cool. I'm looking All at right. it now. Looks good. So um what have we been watching? Nope. 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 I I have not watched Note, but you guys <laughs>
0: yeah. have. I've watched yeah. Note. So so tell us what you thought of Note.
2: I feel like I want to give a, a without spoiling want, the entire movie Yeah. Though. I want to yeah. give a non-spoilery um yeah. I think we can do it. One one thing one thing that is very apparent when i watched this movie is that they gave jordan peel all of the all of the keys not just one key every key that he could possibly get he opened every door and he did everything that he wanted to do now in that um comes a little bit of a, a caution that i'm going to throw up if you are used to movies that are very straightforward if you're used to movies that are that are that will connect every loose end, this is not the movie for you. And I and I encourage you, actually, to not see it in the movie theater because you will be pissed. You will. Wow. This is not the movie for you. I'm I'm serious, man. Like it it it. I I've had maybe ten of my friends see it that I know that are like more like casual. Moviegoers that are very used to a very specific type of movie, right. all of them hated it. Wow. But my friends that are, that are good at like okay with letting it breathe, but good with something that's not quite as clear cut in the end, they they tend to be a little more accepting of this this sort of movie. But this is not the blockbuster movie that people were expecting, and I think that that doesn't make it a bad movie. It just makes it. A little different than um, I was expecting, and uh, quite a few people were expecting. But overall, it's a fun fucking movie, man. Like it's fun, but it it leaves it leaves a lot of questions after it ends. It's like, how did this happen? What happened here? Why does he, Why are these things connected? How are they connected? Why the fuck did that happen? You know, that's a lot of. That's literally every tweet I've seen. You know, right. spoilery tweet that I've seen and. Right. You know, I'm 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 scared that it's it's that if you if if it's if he does one more like this, he's going to be M. Nice on the people. I don't want that to happen to him. Nice. Um, I'm not saying this is a bad movie. I'm just saying like what it does is is incredible. But if you know what I'm saying, like I can I could give you Get Out as a Get Out as a crowd pleasing very big movie that I'd watch with a ton of people. Right. Then yeah. as you get into us, it's it's kinda, but then you get into nope. I don't know if I'd I don't know if I'd show this to everybody. So it's you're, a, it's saying,
0: a, you're saying he's gonna is he experiencing a drop off? Not a I would
2: wouldn't say drop off.
0: Like, I feel I feel like you're like <clears throat> you're priming uh expectations And also, sort of like uh, no apologizing or
2: something. (laughs) No, I no, I I think that I'm you know there's there's I'll say this, and I'm and I hope that I'm not I'm not that I'm not insulting people, but I'm telling you for it when it comes to summer movies, people want very simple things. You know, it's like one, two, three, very easily explained it just is what it is. Right. And when people come to the movie sometimes especially for what they assume to be a bigger movie and it was a bigger movie the budget it's all on the screen it's it's a gorgeous expensive looking movie. Right. For what you get out of it I think you get a lot more. It's a rewarding movie but I don't know if it's for everybody. It's fair. It yeah. sounds like I'm insulting it though. It's that that's not what I'm saying. It's I'll be of,
0: honest, like I'll be honest, my my expectations are still the same level that they've been only because I, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I have a, a, a read on it, him as a filmmaker. Right. But I do I do agree with what you're saying, though, like even from the feedback I've heard from people that have shared, uh, like very general feelings about the movie without spoiling mm-hmm. anything for me, because again, I got like a wall up because I don't want to have anything. spoiled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like. I have, I've literally heard those same things you're saying, and it's just like, um, you know, I think it's like a ma- like it, I think it's like a collision of expectation. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's of the summer movie or the fact that this is a yes. Jordan Peele <laughs> movie, and you know the people that are in it, or you know if you're a fan of any of the cast or whatever it might be, but it, you know, I'm 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 I'm, I'm only pressing you on it a little bit because I'm it makes me so oh, curious sure because.
2: I've been hearing the same thing, which is not a good sign. Here's the end of it. Here's the last part of it though. I have been talking about this movie every day since I've seen it. And not in a shitty way, just like it it's the gift that keeps on giving. It, it, it's you literally it like you? Aaron saw it with me. Did she, and you she's she, it or no, she, she was we didn't talk, we didn't talk to each other for like an hour after seeing the movie. <laughs> Okay. Not not because we were fighting, it just was like, what happened? What was that? But it would also like I think this is gonna be one of those movies that's like as the years go by, people are gonna be like, Holy fuck, this may have been a masterpiece.
1: <laughs>
2: I know that sounds crazy. Like I yeah. I left feeling like I can't put my fingers on it the way that i could with certain other movies but like i felt like i was watching something that felt like i will never see anything before it or after it it felt very special hmm. i know that in the end that's what it felt like okay. like it felt so uniquely special to me so that's that's how i feel. what, what do you think john I'm-
1: i don't know i i i i found myself uh like with half of what you were saying going like, I just don't agree with that at all. Like, I feel like this movie is not confusing. I feel like this movie is a super straightforward, simple narrative. I mean, like, like there, there's really not any mysteries for me outside of the ones that That's the hard. movies, the, 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 the one that this movie is not trying to answer. But like there's there, the, the whole idea that this is a confusing movie, I, I don't quite get. I do think it's a little bit of a slow pace. Maybe a slow burn is a better way to say it. Um, kind of movie but i i when, when when this movie was really kicking i was thinking like oh no one told me this was jordan peel doing steven spielberg like there's yeah, there's, a moment, there's a moment there's a moment late in this movie where like the assemblage of characters that we have is such a fun group and what they're doing is so specific and they have such a plan and it reminds me of like that early spielberg kind of feeling of like uh
2: yeah
1: um uh you know just this is like an adventure like somehow this has like the the there's a there's a hopefulness or almost to this world that is different maybe from the horror that you're expecting the the and yeah. the sort of sci-fi elements um i mean we're, we're not spoiling maybe some of the things that people even already think they know about this movie but the 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 design of of the sort of unknown elements that when you see the movie they become a major part of it but when you're watching the trailers it's just kind of a few shots here and there the the visual design of that stuff and the way it's pulled off is so inventive and so fun and that's where to me you can see all the budget but the way that Jordan Peele you know I think he's there's a thing that happens with him that I find is a little bit like I wouldn't want to put the pressure on a filmmaker that people seem to want to put on one of these directors that they fall in love with. I I know what it feels like to fall in love with a director and look forward to their next thing. But this idea that Jordan Peele is the first horror director to make three masterpieces in a row. And he's the first horror director to bring social commentary. And he's the first person to invent a new kind of horror that's like a thriller, but has a point to it. And it's like, no, he's just a guy (laughs) who like knows his shit and makes, makes like movies of a certain level. And what you said, Ronald, about the way that Get Out is so much more of a crowd pleaser because it's sort of got a simpler hook to it. And then yeah, Us yeah. has got like two movies that both are really cool, kind of grafted onto each other. There's this amazing doppelganger home invasion thing. And then there's mm. this mythological piece that takes a lot of story lifting to do. And the stuff you remember and love from that movie is probably from the, the weird doppelgangers uh, versus regular people kind of stuff. Yeah. And then once you go underground, it's interesting and cool, but it feels like it's losing a little bit of that simple momentum that made get yeah. out such a propulsive thing but yes jordan peele is a guy who's th- that at this point they're gonna keep giving him they're gonna say well we made what we need to make on this there's a certain yeah. cachet to having a guy like this in our in our world as a filmmaker uh he, he's doing this genre stuff he's smart about it um right. so i kind of feel like in some ways that phrase blank check movie nope does feel a little bit like This is jordan peele doing it his way like you said ronald like kind of not explaining it unless he has to but i just thought it was so much more of a of a it felt so much more like a crowd-pleasing film when i was watching it that i was thinking about those classic films of my youth where and even daniel kaluuya the character he gets to play like i've heard people say oh he plays a bland non-character and it's like have you guys never seen the movie where the lead is like a farmhand who doesn't say much I've seen those movies. I love those. I love that Daniel Kaluuya gets yeah. to play like the guy who's standing there and kind of slumped over. Even his posture, he kind of lets his gut hang out a little bit and he walks kind of slow. He seems like a real guy who works with horses. He doesn't want to talk at length with anybody. I mean, Kiki Palmer picks up the slack in terms of yeah, yeah character yeah. who talks. I don't know. I just found myself so much more charmed with the characters and the world. And I liked the way the little moments when there's a reveal, it's a simple reveal. It is sometimes very simple, like they figure out certain things. Oh, Oh. this is how you avoid the danger. There's some things that are very simple that work, uh, or this is how you invite the danger, you know, as it gets on in the movie. I, I, I felt like I could feel the same sense when this movie ended of the audience kind of being like half like, oh, yay. Like there were some people going kind of tepidly, and I was one of them. I was like, you're waiting for other people to do it, and you're like, oh, oh we're not going to clap for the." I, I, I clap at movies. I'm a dumb dumb, um, But um, then there's uh, there was this general kind of... You could feel people's, you know, rustling in their seats, and I was like, oh, I guess people... But I, I felt that at the end of Wes Anderson movies before. I felt that at the end of... Um, I mean, I could probably start naming every, like, beloved director who gets to do what they want to do. Sometimes yeah. you get to the end and you feel like, oh, half the crowd was not here for that. But I love yeah, yeah. when it went to black and said directed about Jordan Peele, you know. And yeah. if I am going to give him credit for what he's doing on a certain level, like, there are some neat things you can see are him trying to play with, like, classic horror tropes. And one of the things he does, this is one of those movies, not the first, guys, let's, let's calm down. Jordan Peele's not the first guy ever to do this, but he does a good <laughs> job of um uh making open space scary the way that normally in a horror movie yeah. it's all about claustrophobia being scary in this movie there are moments where a character is just out under the night sky and you're terrified at the possibility of what could rush out of those those low-hanging clouds up above them but you don't even know what it is yet you just know there's something up there you know um yeah and the idea of making the sky scary is one of my favorite horror sci-fi tropes that you can do of yeah. like suddenly the thing that represents hope is now nope uh yeah. but but i don't know and I, I mean i'm not trying to oversell it i just feel like whenever i hear people talk about this movie it's like are they underselling the charms of this movie like it seems like it's a much more enjoyable movie and the whole that there's one plot subplot that really seems to throw people off and i'm like yes the reason that's in the movie is so clear it's such a clear metaphor for what's happening but- There's a certain character who his story is all tied up in this metaphor. And I want to say something about it, Ronald. Do you think the meaning of that plot line would have been more uh, easily gettable by the audience if the original casting in that, because Jordan Peele wanted Jesse Plemons to play that character, not Steven Yun. Stephen Yun comes along and is great and he's great in the movie. But that Jesse Plemons would have played that character. And I think people would have gotten the point of it more if they weren't thinking there was something about like, uh, uh, uh there was some some racial component to that character's story you know what i mean
2: yeah okay okay the plot oh yeah you would have yeah, okay. accepted a
1: white boy in that part more yes, as far as yes. what the theme's trying to tell you i agree i do i do agree and that's just but a thought i you, had
2: you coined a okay you coined a phrase that i am going to stick to that you have to understand it's like a thing it's like um <laughs> there's there's a cut Simple momentum is a real thing. Yes. What you have to understand is the average movie watcher is not coming for something that breaks too hard from what they know. I'm telling you, it's it's like that with uh, technology. It's like that with, with movies, TV. It's like that about with everything. There's a simple momentum. That's like a thing. Get out. Used the, the, the beats that, you know, and then flip them upside down, right? Yeah. And then once you got into these last two movies, it's a little different. He took, he, he, he really did kind of shake it up a little bit. One thing that has to be said is that the dynamic between Kiki, Daniel, and Brandon Perea, his first movie, is fucking amazing it's like Spielberg, it's like Stranger Things, it's yeah. like it's that fucking good. Like the the chemistry
1: between those three characters is unreal. Like And the humor I, that comes I, out of character, not out of yeah, like one-liners, yeah. but comes out of character is is yeah. yeah. And and, and so when good. the when the fourth character joins them later in the movie, that I I thought that was a great like, addition yeah. to the vibe, yeah, too. It was yeah. a funny wild element. Anyway.
2: Yeah. So everything doesn't need everything doesn't need a, a meaning behind it. Some things are just artistic choices, and I'm okay with that too. I'm okay with a random character. Why are people okay, here's the new thing the new thing is that black people weren't in these things. that's what's new it's it's that it's not that yeah these things never existed it's that characters have never felt so lived in that were black characters. that's brand new with it's a history and a, the, a
1: legacy and a family yeah, yeah, yeah. and all this yeah, yes yeah. you're right these, these, you're these things right didn't
2: that. exist before so like that's, that and that's exciting that's exciting, that's exciting yeah. to see still. And it's so sad it's that talk- exciting. <laughs> yeah. What you're talking about is like the the phenomenon of like artsy, kind of outside of the borders horror that you and I and Steve are very used to seeing. But audiences that never watch these stuff because they didn't have the representation, didn't hop into it. Like I could I could be like, hey, watch The Watcher. But my friend would probably be like, where the black people are? no but it just is what it is it just is what it is um representation does matter and it does subvert some of the expectations for what people are watching so
1: i remember watching us and feeling that too that like this is just not the move just a family going on a vacation and some shit happens to them yeah it's like the fact that it wasn't as much of like a racial allegory as get out was some people I think were thrown by but i was like oh i I see kind of what you're saying and again it's like i hate being excited to see it because it should be so that we're not excited to see (laughs) it but that is that is true i mean i'm not implying jordan peele's not doing anything new what i'm saying is is just that i think Uh, that like let's not put so much pressure on the guy that like he's he's a he's a a really interesting director and he's a really smart guy um let's just let's just enjoy his movies and again maybe you can sit one out maybe someone will say nope was was not for me Um, but I don't think it represents like a flag in quality so much as maybe he is, you know, he's feeling his oats. He's definitely at a point where, as we've said, he can make the movie that he wants to make. So, um, yeah, but I, I will maintain, I think this movie is if, if, if it's maybe too much of a slow burn, maybe that's the thing for people. But I think when it gets where it's going, it's, it's, you know, it's got all the, the kind of the pulse pounding thrills you would want from, from this type of story. And yeah. it's not like we haven't seen movies before that take their time getting to the crazy, like effects. Um, yeah, yeah, for
2: sure, for sure. But yeah, go
1: ahead, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead and see yeah. nope. Yeah, yeah, for real, go like ahead and see nope.
2: Boop, I, boop. I legitimately cannot wait for you to see it, Steve. I, I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to you seeing it, and you know, I really want to know your opinion because you know I I value you guys' opinion about oh, movies, gosh. so.
0: Yeah. yeah i'm excited I, I might try to go see it tomorrow or maybe this weekend cool Hopefully, if things line up then, uh, that'll be the plan cool. uh anything else you guys want to <coughs> mention uh nothing else you want up? to talk
1: about anything you've seen before we wrap it up
0: oh, man i mean the only thing i really watched this week was that new nathan fielder so uh show the rehearsal mm-hmm. um on hbo max um i'm loving seeing what he's doing with an hbo budget it's just so crazy it's so so awesome and it does kind of bum me out that it's like not getting promoted at all though. <laughs> like mm. it is weird. It's like, weird. I feel like people HBO are talking about like it doing though. Nothing for it at all. And, uh, so I've been watching that and I, I love him. I love it so far. Um, and then, um, I started watching that new show on Peacock, uh, called the resort. Okay. It How was, is it? uh, I really like it so far. So I think they put the first three episodes out. Um, that came out today. I think the day that we're recording is the 28th. Um, but yeah, like it's just a nice little like onion, uh, layers of an onion little mystery, uh, at the at the center of this couple whose like relationship is kind of falling <laughs> apart. And uh, you know, they're they visit this resort to try to repair their relationship on their anniversary and kind of stumble upon this mystery of some missing people. Mm-hmm. And uh it's uh, it's yeah, so far I'm digging it. Um, I think there's a total of eight episodes. Let me look it up real quick. Um, that are going to be coming out. Uh, but yeah, it started this week. Um, William Jackson Harper is in it, and uh, uh, what's her name, Christina Milioti, who I love, who
1: mm. unfortunately
0: made for love didn't get renewed for a third season at HBO Max. So, this is my so new, good new fix of hers. Um, but yeah, Nick Offerman's in it in a small role um Whoa. skyler gisando is in it who most people probably know from the righteous gemstones uh now um, yeah. he plays um uh danny mcbride's uh older son in that show uh, um but yeah i'm digging that too so i'm just kind of watching a couple of tv series trying to catch up finally finished ozark we can talk about that later maybe yeah it's a yeah. lot to unpack um
1: yeah. but i finally got through all that and
0: I like the ending. Up. I know. I know yeah. people were
1: mixed on it, but I thought it was a like a chilling note to, to yeah. end the show. In on. general, in general, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I have yeah. some other feelings. Well, I'm not but, saying like yeah, the all, mean, overall final season was my favorite. Yeah. I'm just saying I feel like where they were leading up to, I felt like was the appropriately like oh shit kind of <laughs> like sinking feeling kind of about bad guys winning maybe.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right. Um. But yeah. I don't know. That's a. Uh, that's the only other stuff I really. Yeah. I didn't watch any other real movies this week. I don't think um, it's been a weird week, but uh, yeah, hopefully I can check out Nope this weekend. Yeah. And I want to see that
1: BJ Novak movie vengeance too. Yeah, I'm uh, curious me too. about it. That's supposed to be pretty good. Um, me too. He's smart. I mean, like, you know, he, <clears throat> I'm always open to him doing something really interesting from a writing standpoint. Uh, yeah. Even if I'm not always in love with like that show he did, I thought was interesting, but not. Right. not what was that called? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, announcing mm. the world or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh okay.
2: I I wanted to mention one show uh, that I watched most of. Uh, Amazon as a show that is kind of the same vein as Stranger Things that I think was so fucking good uh, and yeah. it'll sneak up on you. Paper Girls, man. Oh yeah, Paper yeah. Girls is it. It's it's like has a lot of heart. The the kid actresses in it are really good and has a is a super cool simple premise that gets a little more complicated as the show goes on. It's based these on a kids... comic book
1: too, so it's got good sources. Yeah, material. yeah.
2: So uh these kids are kind of uh paper girls delivering papers and they all kind of you see their personalities and uh what feels like a thunderstorm and a series of events happen, and then they seek refuge by going to one of the kids' homes. And when they go to the home, they realize that the person in the house that they thought was their house is the older version of them. And then shit gets weird from there. Hallie uh, mm-hmm. Wong plays the older kid, uh, uh, the older version of the kid. I don't really know the kid actresses, but it's a really well acted show. Uh, it's a it gets really janky, like it gets like it gets weird. It gets weird, and the kids are cursing like crazy. Like it's like. You take this cursing in Stranger Things and then you double it. You put a lot of fucks <laughs> in it. You put fucks and shits in it, and you got like uh, Paper Girls. It's a it's a fun fucking show, and I would love, you know, once m- once my kid gets old enough to show her this cool cast of diverse <laughs> little girls cursing and, and and delivering papers and dealing with bullies. There you go. Uh, yeah, so fun so fucking you think she's show. Two, three. You're gonna be watching that. One yeah. <laughs> Yes, I would get us some brass knuckles too while we watch. Him. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun show, man.
1: And and that's our show.
2: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's we it. covered we a lot
0: it. of stuff. Yay! <laughs> uh is the website. You can go there uh, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast. You can go there to subscribe on any of the podcast platforms that you probably have ever heard of. Uh, you can listen to the podcast there. You can jump over to YouTube from there or any of the social media sites, but specifically YouTube for the, the video portion of this podcast. If you'd like to subscribe there, um, hit that bell so you get notification when uh, Ronald drops the video version of each week's podcast. There's some bonus stuff in there um, that you can only see if you watch us talk about movies and right. TV shows.
1: Um for instance, my glasses acting and you shuffling papers from our courtroom scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I wasn't going to spoil it, but I mean, go watch
0: it and see yeah, what we're absolutely. talking about.
2: And um, then a high quality version of all the Marvel logos.
0: Yeah. For there Phase you go. 5 and 6. Ronald will get those and put them in this, and it'll be there, guys. <laughs> all kinds of cool shit. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Well, see you guys next week. And uh, we'll be doing Ronald's film for the required viewing. And, uh, I guess whatever else we happen to see maybe if i see nope i can kind of we can maybe go into some spoilers but um yeah we'll see then but as always you've made our day
1: thanks Bye. that's the world's first exploding fist bump <laughs>